Motor Mouths, Ditch and Bud on News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. All right, we're going to talk about cars. That's why you're here, and thanks for listening. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud. And we are the Motor Mouths. You can reach out to us a bunch of different ways, and we encourage you to do so. Something today, maybe a question, maybe a question about something you heard us talk about in the past. It's always good. It's always easy to do it on the Rick's Powder Coating text line at 901-683-0989. You can do it all over social media too, right? Of course, you can find us on themotormouths.com. You can email us direct from our Contact Us page. I'm on Twitter at Bud Motormouth, and we got the Facebook, The Motor Mouths 989. Yep, and you can find me on Twitter at IMDitch. Hey, today we're going to talk about something that is, uh, you know, we've spent a lot of time on the EV stuff. We're going to give that somewhat of a break today because uh, we need to talk about something else that's that's really prevalent in the automotive world these days. It's and a minefield. It is. Buying and selling your car. And you keep hearing about, uh, you know, the market and how... Has the used car market settled down yet? Has I've, it- I've been hearing yes. I think it's getting to a point where it's starting to be on a more case-by-case basis you know trucks aren't doing so well uh those prices are coming down because no one wants big v8 gas guzzlers and you know uh small compact gas uh, fuel efficient cars are going Mm -hmm. up because that's what everyone wants right now so it's it's in flux but it's not as inflated as it was when we were coming out of the pandemic and everything was overpriced well and the other problem that you still apparently have i'm uh, when is this what is this uh, post-pandemic shortage on computer chips and everything else that goes into making cars? When is that going to end? I mean, because they keep saying... Well, they just they just signed that deal to start manufacturing, manufacturing chips here. Here, so. which hopefully, you know, that will that's not going to take effect immediately. That was a big reason, was people couldn't get their hands on new cars because of the computer chips that were involved in the new cars and... You know, uh, and you they, think GM had all these brand new cars just sitting there Toyota, that couldn't be finished. Toyota was uh, starting to sell cars off the lot and basically saying, bring it back when we get the chip that is needed and they would update your onboard computer. Uh, it's 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 pretty crazy. So that, the re- reaction to that was, okay, well, let's go hit the used lot. Well, the used lots were empty. Yeah, you see, you see these dealerships with, like, wide open space on their lot, just <laughs> no amazing. inventory. Drive down the pike, man, and uh, you see empty car lots. It's just, uh, it's crazy. It's starting to, I think, as you said, starting to change a little bit. So about buying and selling cars, if you want to sell your car and you think you have, first of all, what is the process of, of finding out how much your car is worth? I'll so tell you, the, the, I say this anecdotally, but the, the easiest way, of course, is you go online and, and you, people will use like Kelly Blue Book and some of these others that kind of give them a general idea of what it's going for. And the way Kelly Blue Book works is they, you ask, they ask for a zip code and they compare year, model. They do comps, just like a realtor will do for houses in your right. area. And and say, well, we sold one that is very similar to yours, and it sold for this. And so that is kind of the marketplace as it sits right now. But sometimes you get these guys, and they go on to Facebook or, or Craigslist, if it even exists anymore, and they put their cars up for sale, and they think their car is, is worth way more than it really is. Right. And you do have to allow a little bit of, you know, whenever I sell a car on on. Any of these, I always really used uh, Facebook Marketplace. I always put an extra grand on there because I got to give some negotiating room because mm-hmm. er- anyone sees a price on there, they're going to expect it to pay less than that. They're going to, they're going to, 
you know, low Start ball, high yeah. so you can go down because you can't go up. Right. If the guy accepts your price really easy, like, oh, well, wait a minute. No, actually, yeah, I forgot. I misquoted the price. It's $1,000 more than what I quoted. Or, or you get people that are like, oh, you know, I'll take I'll take three, four thousand for it. It's like, okay, so three. You, know, you yeah, just, yeah. like, don't give them a... Well, I was surprised recently. I sold a, a, a car on Facebook Marketplace, kind of a flip more than anything, and uh, the price that I posted it at, I had no problems. I thought this is really high right. for this. And uh, immediately I started getting inquiries and a uh, guy, guy ended up looking at it and said, yeah, I'll take it. And uh, at the price I had asked, I was blown away. But that is, I think that's starting to change. You're, you're probably getting back more. It's settling down a little bit more. But again, on, on daily drivers, used cars, modern cars, from what I've been seeing, classic cars and collector cars are still out of control. And I mean, if the Mecham auctions are any indicator and they're not entirely because auctions are a little bit different because there's, you know, there's hype guys getting this dude to spend more money than he probably should on this, on this yeah. car. And a lot of those are just museum pieces. I found myself getting a little bit bored watching those because it's these perfect, pristine cars that obviously no one's driving, getting traded from one guy's collection to another. And that's all. That's all well and good, but it doesn't get it doesn't get me excited. And it know? doesn't even make for good TV, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't think after 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 a couple of them are like, wow, look at that beautiful car. Look at that guy and his wife standing next to him, staring at him like, come on, I want that car. Keep going, keep going. And you're like, okay. <laughs> you know, now that you mention that, I kind of prefer to take it in like I do baseball. I don't want to sit through a whole game of baseball. That takes yeah. forever. But show me the five highlights, the, the the five interesting things that happened during the game in a nice little concise you know, uh, clip show. And I think that's how I'd want to see the, the, the Mecham auctions, just the, the, the three or four most outrageous cars that were sold on there. But, uh, so anyway, Ditch, uh, the whole reason I started digging into this more is cause I'm getting ready to sell that Jeep. I finally got my title after eight weeks, uh, finally re when I regist registered it. So the next step with that, with that Jeep, I, I decided I'm just going to let it go. There was, I was, I was, I know I was on the fence. I started out with, I'm going to buy this thing, turn well, it around and a flip little bit it. of a little context of the, of that Jeep. It's a great, Grand Cherokee Laredo? 2000 Grand Cherokee Limited. Limited, okay. Yeah, it's fully loaded. Leather, uh, heated seats, all the, you know, all the, all the bells and whistles. The, the CD changer in the back still works on this. Yeah, thing. I was going to say, once you cleaned it up and, and got that new transmission and a rebuilt transmission, it's actually yeah, a pretty damn good car. Solid man. car, but yeah. uh, it's not one I want to drive. I have other Jeeps, and the whole idea for this thing was to, to turn it around. And I enjoyed it at first, but I, was, I decided I don't want to keep it, so I'm going to sell that. And I'm thinking of selling other ones, too. I even mulled over the idea of selling my uh, my first car, my 72 Matador, and I changed my mind. I actually got this comment on my uh, on my YouTube video about it. Back when I was I was starting out my YouTube channel, I did like an introduction to this thing. This is a, my YouTube channel is Thority's Garage for anyone interested. I just kind of post fun stuff. It's not it's not wildly out of control, but I do I do some you fun videos. You to see some of Bud's cars and his yeah. collection. Some of the work, might learn something, I don't know. But anyway, someone posted on my introduction video that I made for my wagon, uh, talking about it as a project car, because after a car goes from daily driver and you keep it, it gets moved to hobby status. <laughs> so uh, I introduced it as, and the guy uh, commented, he said, the most important thing you said during this entire video was, I love this car. As long as you love the car, who cares what anyone else thinks? This is your first car. I believe 99% of car guys would give their right arm and half their left arm to get their first car back. And, and then he goes on to tell me I should get some better rims for it, and he's right. But that kind of made me think, yeah, that's my first car. I'll never get that car back, no matter how hard I try. And I might actually go crazy enough to put a bigger motor in it and definitely need some rims, maybe some suspension work. But I think I'd, it, it's not even so much that uh, if I were to sell it, 
I, I wouldn't have it anymore. I don't want anyone else to have it. That's yeah. my car, you know? And and think about that car, that specific car and the memories that you had. Yeah. And there are guys out there who will who try to, if they can't find their original car when they were growing up, one just like it. Right, yeah, and and restore it and, and get, restore get it to how they remember it. But that, that does make me think, you know, we, we talked about we talked about first cars ages ago, but I'd like to ask any of our listeners out there, what's what's your opinion on your first car? What was your first car, your make model? Uh, you know, how, how old were you when you got it? How long did you have it? Do you still have it? Mm-hmm. And if not, do you wish you did? And, and, you know, what were, what were your pros and cons? What do you love and hate about your first car? I'll, I'll be jump in on that conversation. I would say I would like to have, I had a Gremlin, 77 yeah. AMC Gremlin. And it was the year, I think the first year that they went to the, the front grill was a little different. Uh, and they went to the square headlights as opposed to the round indented headlights on the Gremlin. And it looked a little bit more. Uh, if a gremlin can be manly, it, it had a little bit more to it. I don't know. But now I look back at it and I don't, I do, I can't, I haven't seen a gremlin. I mean, I'm sure that they are out there somewhere now as collectors. I did look one time, I think last time we were talking about this, the resale of, of them, if they're in the, uh, in, in good conditions is these days around thirty thirty five $35,000 for those ugly, dumb looking little cars. If it's cars. like a fully original, unrestored yeah. and all that. Yeah. Wow, that's just, that's outrageous. I I don't think I'd pay more than like five. (laughs) I would like to have mine back just so that I could torture my kids because they would (laughs) make them drive it. Make them drive it. Exactly. That would be the purpose. I had three cars when I was in high school the Gremlin, and I don't know what happened to it. I don't remember. Uh, I think it just died. Uh, Then my dad gave me one of his farm trucks, and he had a whole big fleet of, of farming trucks. And he, because of so many, he didn't have a full fleet of full-size pickup trucks for the smaller, uh, for the farmhands who didn't need a full-size. We got Brats. We had Subaru Brats. Right. And so I had a Subaru Brat, and I tell you, man, I beat the hell out of that little thing. Those old early 90s Subarus oh, are, are a lot of fun. Thing, I kind of think I miss those. They're, they're, uh, we were talking, I think, last week about carburetors and the Subaru Justy having, yeah. uh, being the last carbureted car in the U.S. I don't know. The, the late 80s, early 90s weren't great for Subaru, but they still, I mean, Subaru going back has been doing, has been making great cars. And I love their little, uh, uh, what was the other one? The Baja, I think the it was. It was Baja like the was pickup. A, was a was a pickup version. The Brat, which was interesting, is that mine was, it took a beating. It was like a Frankenstein car because I would just go to the junkyard and buy fenders that I had smashed in right and it had different color fenders just one of those where i just didn't care about it uh but it's a beater box man beater box totally and then i had a cj7 uh my final couple years in high school those are outrageous right now yeah um i was talking with uh with jake and he's been looking at jeeps you know he just got he just got a jay's from a nation of jake the daytime show he uh has been looking at maybe getting a CJ, and they're just, I mean, even with like a blown motor, you're, people are asking like eight grand yeah. for these CJs things. are, uh, uh, Jeeps in general, for the most part, are, are really holding their resale right now. So that's a good question. What is your first car? And A, do you still have it? If you don't, w- do you w- wish you would? would? Would you get it back if yeah. you could? Or if you couldn't get yours back, I mean, obviously not the exact one that you had, one that is maybe like, if I couldn't find mine, the 77 Gremlin with the square headlights, if I was able to find one a couple of years earlier before they changed the front end design, would I get one? I think it would be kind of fun to do. Yeah. And again, for me, it's, and I'm serious about this, it's for the purpose of torturing my daughters. <laughs> I'd say, hey, you're 16, guess what you get to drive? <laughs> uh, so I, I'm debating, yeah, so I'm debating if I want to 
sell my Marauder as well because those are going up in value. And I was thinking about it. If I sold my Marauder and both my Jeeps, I'd have a happy little chunk of change. I could buy some more cars. I never <laughs> thought I'd hear you say sell my Marauder. Yeah, well, I bought that car. you're pretty proud of that car, man. I do love that car, but I bought it kind of initially as an investment. I, I looked at that as there's only 11,000 of them. There were tons of Crown Vicks, millions of Crown Vicks and uh, Grand Marquis, other Pan Panther platforms. Yeah. And because there were so few of that Marauder, I, I saw it as, you know, an, an up-and-coming classic. They turned 20 next year. They were they only made them in 03 and 04. Mm -hmm. And when I bought it, I, I knew, I, I was hopeful that it would appreciate in value. And I don't know if it actually has or if it's just inflation, but I could get more than I paid for. Have it, I asked so. you before? I probably have. Is that was that part of the Interceptor? Was that what is the what that, was the purpose of the Marauder? The Marauder was the like fully loaded luxury, oh, it was a luxury. fast okay. edition of okay. the Panthers. Uh, the motor they put in it. The only other car they put that in um, for the Panther platform was the Lincoln Town car. Okay, and it's just because that car was crazy heavy. But this this was kind of. The last attempt at a full-size muscle sedan. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, and it wouldn't be the Interceptor. That's right. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. They're built on the Completely. same platform. Okay. The Interceptor had a had a smaller motor. Well, the same size motor, but it was a dual cam, not a okay. not full right. cam. Or it was a single cam, but not quite, not a four cam. Yeah, no. Bud's always been talking. He, Bud's very fond of his Murado. That's why when I heard you say that the other day. I, I, like, I love no it so way. much. I, have, I love it so much I haven't brought it to Memphis yet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. You're leaving it in the in the. It's it's inside. It's not yeah. getting. Is it, it rust? Has it got any rust? Not a not a. Because I got it from I got it from Florida. Okay. So it, it lived in Florida its whole life. I brought it up to, that was one thing I, I, I wouldn't drive it in the winter in Chicago because I didn't want to get snow on it. It only dealt with snow one winter. I drove it through snow a few times, but I washed it right away. So it's, it, it's spotless as far as that goes, it. yeah. like 90,000 miles, but I'm not worried about that one yet. I'm going to sell this Jeep first and uh, I hope I'm not, I, I haven't decided how much I'm going to ask for it. I'm hope I'm not uh, crazy with this whole thing. I can at least turn it around maybe that's a maybe that's a a, a, a segment here on the motor miles where we we post pictures of bud's jeep which one are you selling it's the 2000 jeep grand cherokee the grand cherokee 125,000 miles leather interior fully loaded it's the limited so yeah. it's it's the it's all the good stuff but i don't know what i don't do you know. think you can I, get for that because you got to recoup I, your tranny work yeah if if i can get if i can get six thousand for it i'll, I'll make a profit and uh i'm gonna ask eight to get kind of, you know, some, again, that negotiating space. So if you're listening and you see, <laughs> you, now they know the margin. They're like, oh, well, now I know, bud, what you need to make money right, on. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, um, so anyway, I'm, I'm debating, the, the, the first question is, where do I sell it? Do I put it on eBay Motors and auction it? And I could probably get more for it, but then I'm paying auction fees. Uh, I could put it on Facebook Marketplace, which I've done in the past. And honestly, when I see what I'm up against as far as competition, I think I'll get some good calls because some of these people, they post just, you know, had car for years, runs great. And that's it. That's, that's all it. they give no you. Details. And then they're asking crazy. They have no concept of true value of their car. Yeah. Or or they just don't know how to describe it very well. And they post three pictures. Okay. Let me advice. Advice for anyone thinking about selling your car on any of these websites. Post a picture of the engine bay. If I if I don't see a picture of the engine bay, then I'm 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 already kind of put off because what are you hiding? You know. I want to at least that's see a good what's point. In there. Most people don't think about that. And a lot of times they don't even post what motor it has. I look at a lot of these, uh, like my XJ, right? The XJs, the the Jeep Cherokees, uh, from '84 to 2001 came with either a four cylinder or a six cylinder. And most people want the six cylinder. Mm -hmm. the, the four cylinders are not wildly popular. And so many of these ads I see on here, they don't post which one it's got. And do you want to see pictures of their door jams? You know what? Yeah. 
I do. I, it's I mean, one of those I didn't think about it, but yes, I do want to see pictures of the door jams. And I bring that up because it's important. Those are the details, and that will show you really how well, maybe not, because anybody can clean them and post pictures of it, but if you get a good, clean door jam, that shows a sign that maybe you actually uh, uh, treated your car with some yeah. respect. And, and wash it before you post it. Come on. Now, that's, that's, <laughs> that's uh, my weekend. I've got two major projects this weekend. I got some shocks I'm doing on a trailblazer. I'm actually working on someone else's car. We'll talk about that next segment. But I'm also going to, I'm going to hopefully survive this weather and I'm going to clean and detail the exterior. I did the interior of that Jeep. Now it's, now it's time I got to clean it, wax it, and I'm changing out the headlights. The headlights are super faded and rather than do the sandpaper headlight treatment to this one, I just got some nice aftermarket ones off of Amazon. It was like 120 bucks. And I think it's going to, that's going to make a big difference when I, when I go to post it. So if you have a, would like to hear your story about your car, your first car here on the Motor Miles, you can uh, send it to us. You can uh, send us pictures either on our Rick's Powder Coating text line or you can send them in to us as well. Again, the Rick's Powder Coating text line is 901-683-0989. And uh, I'd like to hear the story about your first car. Uh, I'd also like and to hear some stories. If you bought a car on Facebook Marketplace, if you had just an absolutely ridiculous experience buying or selling, we'd love to hear it. We'd like to get you on, uh, talk to you about it, you reach know, out. I had an idea the other day, speaking of Facebook Marketplace, and this would be a good idea for people buying and selling cars. It's almost like a Facebook consignment lot because you think about safety and you think, well, when I go on a Facebook Marketplace and uh, if it's local, purchase you got to go meet them in the transaction and you're like ah you know like it's always an uncomfortable experience. uncomfortable because i am i going to be safe because you know memphis in the mid-south we hear stories you hear from everywhere again not just memphis but what if you created a business that that's what you you were the 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 transaction spot okay and if at. you put cars on marketplace you could put them on the lot and people would come you're almost the consignment agent basically yeah to, to, to just facilitate the transaction the middle for man other for, people yeah for facebook marketplace you post it on facebook marketplace and the location is you know address x and uh you hell bud you don't even have to meet me there you just say yeah it's over here at this lot uh ditch he's running the lot he'll show you the car I mean, maybe, we, might, maybe might, we should do that. Might turn a few people off because I know I get really uncomfortable. Like that time I was telling you I was almost scammed. The guy who was selling it wasn't the guy I met in person. Uh, but if you had, if you could develop some kind of reputation or the fact that, you know, if people look into your history and you sold secure. two dozen cars, yeah, yeah. you know, I could, I could maybe see that. I wonder if you'd run afoul of any kind of state laws. This would be something we'd have to dig into because, you know, if you sell a certain number of cars, even if you're doing it on consignment oh, right. that you yeah. might they might expect you to I know in Illinois have a dealer's license yeah if you, in Illinois if you if you sell more than 3 cars a year I think I might have to check into this it's like 3 cars a year they expect you to have a dealer's license and dealer's license are they're they're tough to get you need a lot of money yeah. uh in the bank and there's a lot of there's classes you have to take it's it's actually that's something we should dig into we should get into that in another show ditches what does it take to get a dealer license one of my favorite YouTubers I know I bring him up all the time uh Hoovy's Garage is his YouTube channel he just that's his whole thing is he buys and sells mostly collector cars and he got to the point that he got his dealer license and he like rented space in his uh mechanics shop to to be his because you have to in in kansas where he's at you have to have a commercial location oh, has wow. to be commercial land so he rented space because he was just buying and selling so many cars it was just easier for him to get his dealer license but i don't think i'm gonna reach the level i love buying and selling cars it's a lot of fun i don't think i'm gonna reach the level where i'm gonna need a dealer license if i got there it would be a surprise to me <laughs> yeah, car flipping can be you know you you get a couple of really good deals and you're like oh this was so easy man uh i'm gonna do some more of this 
But yeah, man, maybe my Facebook marketplace uh, brick and mortar location. There may be a few things we'd have to work out where it's like, all right, I'm not the seller. I'm just providing the location for the safe transaction between right. the buyer and the seller. And, that and was then they get a little I, fee for that. And that was something I've been saying they need to do. I don't know if they do it here in Memphis. They do it up by me in Chicago. Some of the towns, they set a place near the police station that's for online transactions. A safe place to meet people where, you know, there's cops nearby and you don't have to, you hopefully don't have to worry about being robbed or taken <laughs> advantage of in some way like that. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't but, have to meet at the IHOP parking lot. That would be, that would be something interesting to do. But again, once you start operating like a dealership, you might run afoul of uh, the law. In that sense, there might be some kind of, like, law you're breaking. I don't know. We need to dig into that. I think it, it could be a good idea, but you're right. Just don't tell anybody. Until, <laughs> then when they discover us, we'll move to another lot. <laughs> That's what we'll do. Can you, can you plead ignorance? I didn't, yeah, know, I didn't know I wasn't allowed to do that. I didn't know that, man. And there's also some websites. I, I also, I think, next segment, let's get into a little bit more real quick about some of the websites that are, are good and necessarily not so good places to buy and sell cars personally we can get into that a little bit and we're going to get into bud's project he's got a project coming up we're going to hear more about that and we're going to answer some more of your questions here i'm ditch i'm bud and we are the motor mouths more horsepower than a bmw isetta the motor mouths ditch and bud on news talk 98.9 thanks for sticking with us here and we are going to talk some more cars. As a matter of fact, we're going to continue the conversation right now about buying and selling your car. If you have a uh, comment, you got to join in on the conversation. You can do so at 901-683-0989. That doubles as a Rick's powder coating text line. That's 683-0989. And, of course, social media. I mean, we're everywhere on social media. You have to be these days. So if you have comments uh, you want to reach out on social media, you can do so. Of course, we're on themotormouths.com. You can reach out to us there on the Contact Us page. And we've got the Motormouths989 on Facebook. And I'm on Twitter at Bud Motormouth. Uh, listen, what is your favorite place online to buy and sell cars? I mean, that's another question we have for you. I've used a few different Facebook Marketplace. I've purchased cars off of Craigslist back in the day. I mean... Craigslist, I guess, is still around. It got hijacked by criminals, unfortunately, and they didn't, you know, it was just a more of a community forum than it was anything else. So they didn't put a lot of money into the protection of the website, and it got completely hijacked years ago by criminals. Uh, and there is some safety that's now on there. I don't want to completely dog it, but I just haven't used it to buy or sell anything in a long time. Yeah, I, I like using I like using Facebook. That's the one I've used. But, you know, um, I got a, we got a message about it, you know, using Facebook so many people just asking, is it available? And then they disappear and you never hear from them. And I'm convinced that's bots. There's a lot of bots. It is. Be certain that you're talking to a human person. Yep. Uh, you don't necessarily have to exchange phone numbers, but ask, get some back and forth going. You, you know? typically know it's a bot if they say, is, if, is this still available? And you say yes and you get no response. Right. It's the bot just trying to keep keep you interested, really, as I, they I don't sell know. Like I honestly it. don't know what their entire goal is, but yeah. I, I just try to... Just to show um, activity, I guess. Get some conversation. Because yep. you can also, you can click a button that just says, is it available? Send. Like, you don't actually have to type anything. Yeah. So, it's clearly just doing that. But yeah, that is that is an issue um, that you that you get. Last uh, car I sold, those. I had a lot of that. I thought, yeah. wow, man, I just posted this, and I'm starting to get people inquiring about it. and But they never responded when I said, yes, it's still available. Yeah. And then you, if you check their, if you check their profile, it'll be some generic 
picture with like a couple data points, and you can you can tell we've tell. all we've all been on Facebook a Facebook enough, page enough that just that was just started, you know, a year or two yeah. ago. I'm like, come on, we, we we've all been on Facebook long enough to know when someone's profile is sketchy. At least I would I would hope so. What is your experience on these auction sites? And I, you know, honestly, I've never bought one on an auction or sold one on an auction. I've always been hesitant about it. But I mean, you got bring a trailer, you got eBay Motors. eBay Motors has been around for ages. And uh, another one is Cars and Bids. Our, our guy Doug Demuro, he hosts that site. That one is like strictly for collector cars. Bring a trailer. It's so funny. We've talked about this before. Bring a trailer. You hear that and you think, uh, you know, a, a total basket case that needs a complete restoration. Bring a trailer because you're not going to be able to drive it. But really, bring a trailer is referring to these are museum pieces. Bring a trailer because you shouldn't be driving this across the country. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I again, a lot of times I've thought about thought about using bring a trailer for my Marauder if and when I decide to sell that car because I like the idea of of you know people fighting over it and getting more money that's that Meekum auction stuff I'm always talking about these cars sell for such ridiculous amounts of money because you got people fighting over them and that's kind of what you want but is that increase in what you're going to earn going to be any better uh, after you pay the the auction fees and whatnot, and 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 again, if if it's online and you got to ship it, usually the 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 buyer is going to pay for that. But you do have to deal with the the shipping issue. You know, you know, getting getting a shipping company and working with them to make sure it gets it gets delivered properly. And shipping companies are really difficult to to deal with. I, I worked at, when I worked at the dealership, the the classic car dealership. You know, the biggest hurdle in that job was the shipping because it's hard enough to find available shippers. And a lot of guys, they don't want to ship just one car. They want to go to a dealership. They want to load their trailer and take it across the country. And it, it, it it's difficult to, to facilitate that. It's something I've never really had to deal with myself, shipping cars. But that that's some, again, that's something if you decide to go that route with it, if you're going to sell it online nationwide, that is something you're going to have to be prepared to facilitate is is handing it over to a, a, a delivery company. I've bought a couple of cars from GovDeals. GovDeals is a liquidity service and it primarily works in uh, selling police cars, mm. police auctions and uh, cars that were involved in crimes or cars that actually that are out of service from a law enforcement agency or others. There's a lot of other stuff they on GovDeals. They got any buses on there? Everything. So you can I got a, I got a cousin that wants to gut a bus and make one of those like van life camper type buses. Yeah. You know, one of the a schoolie they call it. Yeah. And I don't know where to find one. Anyone out there? You got a bus for sale? Hit us up on the short text bus, line. long bus. What is he looking for? Uh, the, the short bus. And, okay. It, uh, uh, is she? Her name's Leah. She wants to. She she just it's something you know go, go traveling and rather than buy like an actual camper, get a bus. Well, right now, bud, uh, on GovDeals there is. At least three pages of school buses oh and twenty-five per page. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, so I know where to start. I uh, no, but I I bought two cars off of those from one actually from Collierville Police Department and cleaned it up, flipped it, did some body work on it myself. I got it for thirteen hundred bucks. That's it. And I tripled my resale on it when I after I fixed up the body. This, uh, this isn't healthy for me to learn about this because I'm about to sell this Jeep and yeah. maybe it's time to buy a couple more cars. Bought my daughter's <laughs> Nissan Xterra off Gov, Gov, Gov Deals. Had to do a little bit of work on it, but it was a former police car that was used at a uh, at a police station, and it you know you have to deal with it. They took the, obviously the computer out of it, so it had all the holes in the console where the computer mm -hmm. sat. Uh, it did still have the siren on it though. Is there I, is there any kind of warranty or is it tail light? No, as soon no, as you drive dude, away, no, it's you, your problem now. Yeah. There's no. 
You no, meet no them? arbitration. Like when I went to the police station to get this in in Spring Hill, Tennessee, they walked out, gave me some paperwork, I signed it, and gave me the keys, and walked back in. I'm like, what now? He's like, oh, you got to load it up on the trailer. I had rented a U-Haul. Yeah, and uh, I was like, hey, can you at least help me? Nope. Yep, we're done. Have a nice day. <laughs> that actually, I had a similar thing when uh, what happened was I was living with my roommate in D.C. He had to he had to move away. He left his car with me. He hadn't even registered the thing. He bought it from some dealership. This really sketchy situation. I'll spare you the de- the details, but he he the thing was garbage. It was this old Eclipse. It was absolute garbage. And I was moving back to Chicago, and I had to take it to a scrapyard. And I had my rented U-Haul because it was the it was the U-Haul I was about to u- use to move across the country. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go dump this car off and just get it out of my life. And I get it over there and. I swear, some of the rudest people I ever dealt with. And uh, not not to say that that's the case for a lot of these scrapyards, but just this particular scrapyard in Virginia, these guys, I was like, hey, where do you want me to go? And they just look at me like I'm not speaking their language. And I was like, where do I put the car? And they just point to like some Over other. There. And yeah. then I'm totally stuck. And this just, they just, that no no one cared. It was, it was that, that whole thing. I broke a rib over that situation too. I'll, I'll, that's <laughs> not because I was fighting someone. I basically fell off the trailer, but neither here nor there. But no, really, like it's actually kind of, kind of hard to dispose of a car if it's not in your name. A lot of these places, when I was calling around for it, they wouldn't take the car because it wasn't in my name. He left it with me. He handed me a folder that he got from the dealership. He never followed up, never registered the car. And it was an absolute nightmare trying to get rid of this thing because uh, no one would take it because it was I, I didn't have any paperwork <laughs> saying it was mine. Fortunately, this this place, it was actually funny. They hustled me, too, and I didn't even care. I called the place. They said, yeah, we don't care if you have a title. We'll take it. We'll really? Three, we'll give you $300 for it. Bring it in. So I, I go through that whole mess, get in there, and they, I finally get into the office, and the guy's like, oh, no, I don't know who told you that. We can't take it without a without a title. I'm sorry. And I, I go to leave, and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. And then this guy's out there, and he goes, hey, I heard you say you uh, couldn't sell that couldn't sell that car to these guys. And uh, I was like, yeah, you know, the title's not in my name. I have the title, but it's not mine. And he goes, oh, here, let me see it. He goes, eh, I'll give you 100 bu- 150 bucks for Did it. Did they just hustle you? They totally hustled me. But I was just like, honestly, I would I would have taken nothing. I just needed the car just out of get my the life. Hell I, was, out of I wasn't it. Yeah. able to bring it back to Chicago. And I had like I had like 48 hours before I was leaving. So I was like, here, just here, I don't care. So basically, they, they got me to the place saying they'd give me 300 They gave me 150 But again, I didn't even care because I just needed the car out of my life. Jeez. <laughs> but, uh... I go to Gov Deals, and they have cars. They got everything that's police auction. It's public auctions. It's university. It's public, you know, government stuff. Right. Uh, like uh, tons of Crown Vicks. There's a lot of police interceptors on there. You know, whatever cars that are out of service. Yeah, the problem with those. Fire trucks. The problem with the police cars is... It's not about the mileage. You got to think about how many hours those engines were running because yeah. they pull up and they just leave the engine running so they can have the air conditioning going and it's just idling. So even though it says it's got 90,000 miles on it, that engine might be as old as you know a car with 180,000 miles or 200,000 miles on it. They, they, there's no hours meter for, for cars. Diesels do that. Anything that's got a diesel engine, uh, not anything, but many vehicles that have a, a they have diesel. Meters. They have They have an hours meter, especially like uh, heavy equipment like Caterpillar and stuff. It's not even, there's no mileage for, for an excavator. It's how many hours, hours. the engine's been running. Yeah. And unfortunately, you don't really get that with the police cars. It would be nice, but I'd, be, I'd shudder to think. I, I would say, you know, if you have the means to do so and you buy one of those real cheap, rebuild the motor. It's not, you, yeah. they're not hard to get out. 
And if you know how to rebuild an engine, you change out the piston rings and the and the bearings. But well, did you say fire trucks? I can buy. There's a fire, fire trucks truck? on Gov deals. There's anything, man. There's tractors. There's fire trucks. Can there's you, uh, lots you, of police radios. Anything that they're just trying to get rid of. Can you register a fire a, truck? A fire truck? Can that be your daily driver? I don't know if it could or not. That's I mean, an interesting question. What would that cost? <laughs> it's interesting though. You got to know what you're getting into. You buy a Gov deal interceptor, and uh, like this one I'm looking at right now, there is a few hours left on the auction and it's a 2011 it's actually a crown vic uh police cruiser and it's sitting at three thousand dollars and they've had one one bid since then and it's at three thousand fifty bucks and but the thing of it is it's got a bunch of holes in the roof where they had the police bar right and they take all that off and you they like said you, you're gonna get a car that's you know if it rains or something you, you got to get all that stuff how long fixed. is it sitting in the lot looking like that yeah. too it's so they, yeah. they just let them get rained in. They don't even. They ran. just they just let them sit. And uh, some of the stuff you 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 and you can't test drive it either. You look at it. Oh, sight I've unseen. been out to the Shelby County uh, impound lot. They've showed me. You know the guy. You can you can you can if you're local. You can ask. Can I come see it? And they'll set up a time when you can come to the lot and look at it. You can't drive it though. Can't drive. Will they even start it for you? They'll tell you if it will start or won't. You can't start they it. Won't but give they you the will keys. say that Ugh. it will, it does start or it doesn't. Start. I mean, again, when you're paying. You're paying two, three thousand dollars for a car. These yeah. are the kind of the things you have to accept. Th yeah. This is something I, you know, for our listeners out there, I wouldn't recommend getting your daily driver this way. No, this I is a the, great way to get a hobby car. The Ford Explorer that I got from the Collierville Police Department, it needed a, uh, it needed a jump, and I had to bring you know something to jump it with, right? Uh, to get it going, and then they require me to get it immediately off the lot once the transaction is done. And I'm like, well, <laughs> but what am I gonna do with my truck? Right. You know, you didn't bring anyone with you. Here's the thing, bud. I bought the damn thing. I left my truck. I was going to come have somebody give me a ride back to get it. But the the Ford Explorer that I bought from the auction, it started to screw up on me because it had been sitting there for a year and a half. Imagine my shock. And when I when I so I had to stop at a gas station and call my daughter to come get me. If you can get those old <laughs> those old Ford Explorers, those those but Ford I fixed Explorers it up are, and ended up good. selling it. The um those those Ford Explorers that the cops use, yeah, they have awesome all-wheel drive well, this system. was this was actually let me just say one more story just gonna give you one more story about the gov deals cars or the police auction cars they don't clean them out yeah i bought unfortunately it was tragic i kind of want one You're well let me just tell you the story thing man i bought this thing from the police department they got it uh as a seizure from a drug dealer or something that, that was and everything that belonged to the lady the police said he thought she lived in the car mm -hmm. was still in the car oh my that's yours. You bought it. And there was notebooks with, you know, she had written stuff about well, like what the was going like the on. Like seven. <laughs> like, yeah, it was weird. She had written, you know, she was writing daily, like diary entries about what was going on in her life, uh, looking for a women's shelter. I mean, it was, you got to, it was weird to see inside this person's yeah. life. It was like voyeuristic. And I didn't know what to do with all the stuff. Yeah, I, you feel I, bad throwing it away. I right? did, I did, but then I, I eventually separated with it. And, and, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of sold on this. On this concept, I might I might buy something randomly. Once I sell this Jeep, I'm going to have a little bit of cash to play with. Go deals, man. I need another car. I haven't bought a car in a couple of months. I'm getting the itch, man. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, first I got I to gotta clean this Jeep, and that's after I, I finish up this. I got this project this weekend. Uh, I got this 2008 
trailblazer, but he needs the a buddy of mine needs the front shocks. And I was like, he was asking me, you know, what he's in for taking to the shop and how much it's going to cost him and all this stuff. And I was like, you know, I haven't I haven't done work for other people. I was like, ah, I'll I'll do it. You, I'll, I'll figure out what it'll cost you. You know, front shocks at a at a chain store for a trailblazer, you're looking at like six hundred parts and labor, six seven hundred out the door, bottom line with the yeah. tax and everything. Yep. And I was like, okay, I looked online, two hundred for for a pair of shocks. Uh, it's the shot the shock strut assembly. So the the, you buy the whole assembly, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. That's yeah. the best way. I love the. I did yep. those on my HHR. It's the easiest way. They're not it's that also bad. dangerous if you don't have the right equipment. Well, again, the assemblies come with the spring good. already compressed in it. It's all one oh, unit, okay. and they're easier to change out. Uh, usually, what I see is like the rear, the shock, and the spring will be separate, and you just change the shock out. But most uh, front wheel drive American or, or most front ends of these American cars are going to be a strut assembly, and, oh, and, and Japanese cars too. It's very it's a very common way to do it. So two hundred bucks, and I was like, okay, you give me. 300 you save 100 bucks and I, I mean i'll just i'll just do it i normally avoid doing other people's cars because uh i'm trying to avoid this and any car guy out there knows what knows exactly what i'm talking about you tell someone you know hey i just put a new motor in my 72 amc now sudden, everybody wants you to and they're like well they get this is what they get in their head they go they go oh so working on cars is fun recreational activity for you you know my my 2012 toyota camry needs Needs rear brakes. How about I let you work on my car and and I'm doing you a favor, favor. because it's fun for you, right? <laughs> it's fun when you work on cars, and and it, it's definitely the same when you're working on your hobby car and if you work on mine. So I try to avoid those those people that that want to that want a free mechanic. But um, because he was like, dude, I'll pay you to do it. I was like, oh, yeah, make a little make a little side money. And I, yeah. I, you know, I'm not I'm not making a video on this one though because uh, for one thing, there's a ton of videos on on how to do these, but also it's like a million degrees out there right now, and when you when I film these projects it doubles the length of the project so rather than taking two or three hours to do these shocks it'll take me six and it's going to be 100 degrees this weekend so i'm like you know what i'll leave the camera at home for this one so this is a uh which one is, what are you working on gmc a gmc uh, no it's a, a chevy trailblazer oh the trailblazer yeah there's a lot of those around They're here everywhere this is a chevy town man yeah. i see chevys all over the Chevy place. Chevy and Dodge or Ram. There's a lot of Rams, yeah. but Dodge and We got Ram. an email about a Ram, actually. It's funny you say that. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, uh, well, basically, this is this comes from Chris. He says, hey, guys, love the show. You were talking about blend doors, and I think that actually might be an issue I'm having in my 2006 Dodge Ram. My AC blows cold, but when I set it to blow out of the dash, it's very weak, and it doesn't seem to cool off the cab at all. Does this mean I have bad blend doors, and what do you think it will cost to replace? And unfortunately, I don't have an act answer to that ladder well, because you're talking hour, upwards of six to eight some some dealerships could charge you know up to six or eight hours of labor for this but it really depends on which i mean there's what's I crazy about that though it's one of those jobs where the the whether it's the actuator or whatever that part's like 16 17 bucks for that truck it's the labor it, but it's the damn labor because you got to take so much stuff apart to get to it. and i looked these up there's there's like twelve blend doors in these in yeah. these Dodge Rams. If he's got the if it's the the four door one, yours is a four door, right? Four door, it's, yeah. it's like that, yeah. So if it's like that, yeah, there's a lot there's of passengers. A, there's a lot of blend yeah. doors, and you have to take the dash out. Now, apparently, according to this one video I saw, you can get the dash separated and get the duct work out within an hour. But I think he was under uh, underestimating, overestimating. overestimating. He made, he made how it sound easy. easy. It was, yeah. But uh, again, it's so it's so difficult car to car. Every car is different for taking the dashboard out. So again, it's, it, 
the da- I can tell you that I can tell you this, Chris. The dashboard has to come out, or at least get separated, in order to get the duct work out to get access to these. That's the problem with blend doors. Is they're one of the most like they're they're like the least accessible thing in your car. Do you know of an easy way to to, to diagnose if it's the blend door? Didn't you say that you hear a clicking sound? You'll hear a lot of not always, but sometimes you uh, if you do hear a clicking, that's like a dead giveaway. Yeah. Um. Basically, the the first thing is you know. If it's like like in this situation, it's cold, but it feels really weak from the vents, and that means when you're when you're because when you switch from you know your defrost to I want it to come out of the vents and blast blast me in the face, then it's it, it's changing a blend a blend door is moving. So if it's stuck in one position and you try to move it, and a lot of them they work in pairs, so maybe one will one will actuate and the other won't. That's probably what's happening because he's it's it's a Dodge, which means he's got those same kind of blend doors that are in my Jeep where they're in these like pairs, mm-hmm. and a lot of times one will break and one won't. Like basically it'll strip, so it'll be stuck in one position. You go to flip it, one of them moves, but the other doesn't. So you've got a you've got air coming out of your dash, but it's very weak. So it, it sounds to me like that's the problem based on, based on what Chris sent in here. But uh, again, I'd have to put my hands on it and, and and also you know follow up. Are you hearing clicking when you go to change the uh, the air? I hear uh, mine, my Dodge. It takes a minute when I turn the dial from either die, uh, defrost to uh, under the dash to blow on my legs or on my face. It takes a few minutes for that blend door to move because I don't feel it immediately. Right. And I've always wondered. I'm like, man, I hope that those things aren't going out. The little motor that's in there just is just wearing slow. out. If it, if <laughs> so it I don't, doesn't, I don't touch it. I just leave it where it is. Right. I, I have a busted blend door. One of the blend doors in your car. I've talked about this before. Is when you switch from recirculating air to ex, to ex, outside air. Yeah. And I hear mine clicking every time I start up my HHR. But the the AC blows cold. The heat blows warm. I'm just I don't. And you have to take the dashboard out. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna live with. I don't even know yeah. what position it's stuck in. I don't know if I'm getting outside <laughs> air or recirculating air. But it doesn't matter because the air is cold. And <laughs> I've said it before, man. People will drive a car that's ready to explode and not spend a dime but as soon as that as soon as that ac stops working there's there's uh uh, spared no expense like john hammond says in uh in jurassic park they they don't they don't care just make it cold Uh, i got i got one more i got one more i want to get to and i know we've we've talked about evs a lot and we've been taking kind of a break from it but uh we did get a response here this is from mary she says i've been hearing you talk about electric cars and i agree that they uh that the market just needs to do its thing i don't want an electric car and i don't all caps, I don't want to be forced to buy one. I don't care if other people want to drive them, though. And I think that's that's the sentiment most people have. It's, look, I don't want one. I don't care if you want one. Just don't make me get one. Yeah, don't push it on me. And that's that's the problem with where we're at right now with this whole EV thing. It, it, it's an agenda. It's not... It's not a consumer. Uh, uh, it doesn't feel like it's a consumer option yeah. the, the, as much the, as it is an agenda. We, yeah, it, it, we don't feel as consumers like we've got the power to make the change if we want to. It feels like the change is being forced on us. Yeah. And that's that again. I've, I've been saying that every week. That's really what I think is is putting people off because as soon as you drive one, your whole attitude on them changes, man. I'll tell you something, man. I was at my favorite food truck the other day. And a Prius drove by, and he clearly had been a victim oh. of a catalytic converter theft because that thing was loud. Yeah, those I, get loud without their yeah. catalytic converter because it's really close to the manifold. So it's <laughs> I just felt it's, for the it's guy. open it, headers. Before I knew what that was, when there was a time I I would have been like, come on, dude, get your exhaust fixed. It's not that simple anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. Especially I, on a Prius. Those are the most expensive ones, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, 
not the most, I don't know the most expensive, but they are the the most stolen. Uh, those and Ford F-150s. F-150s, it's a volume thing because there's just so many F-150s, and you don't even need to lift the car to get in there and take it. The, the Prius, the, uh, the Prius burns less gas, so they're less uh, affected, like they're less less worn out. Oh, if gotcha. You will. Okay. Um, there, there's, there's less fumes going through them, and they're huge because it's a hybrid and they're reducing <laughs> emissions. So, so the, so the thief is going to get, t- you know, theoretically more, 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 more for mineral effort, or whatever yeah. it is that they're trying to get out of those and things. Probably they're easier to take out. I don't know, but I've seen those videos that go viral online where they'll be under a Prius and out of there with the with the catalytic converter in less than sixty seconds. Like they're, they're just sick. they're just in and out. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that guy drive by, and uh, it was it was fa- funny for a minute, and then I thought, ah, poor dude, man. Yeah, and now now I, I I had that same feeling where you 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 wanna you, you wanna <laughs> tell him like, man, yeah, you know, you don't need to be that loud, and it's, and now it's like, oh man, sorry, bro. Any other time, I would have been like, we get it. You're trying to compensate for the fact that you're driving a Prius, so you've got loud pipes, and that wasn't the case at all. He was a victim of a catalytic converter theft. So, uh, if you want to jump in today, we want to hear about your first car that you've ever had. What was it? We're going to share these stories as we start to get them in. Definitely. We're looking for what kind of car it was, when you bought it, how long you had it, do you still have it? Do you, if you don't have it, do you wish you did? And what did you like about it? What did you hate about it? Yeah, that's a good. That's a good idea. Good. And any any wild stories from buying or selling cars on any online marketplace? I want to hear more about that. And tell them how they can get all those stories to us. Of course, you can reach us at themotormouths.com. Go to the contact us page, and you can email us. You can reach out to us on Facebook, the Motormouths nine eight nine, and I'm on Twitter at Bud Motormouth. I am Ditch on Twitter. I am Ditch, as a matter of fact. How about it? And I'm Bud. And we are the Motor Mouths. Thanks for listening.